0: Welcome to The Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every week with a new story about your world. Today's guest is Democratic strategist Raul Alviar, a new face in the television news market who's talking about issues on networks such as CBS, Fox, and Fox Business. We'll talk about his rise in politics, his work in the Obama White House, and what advice he has for Latinos trying to come to D.C., I want to thank all our listeners for following the Jesse Garcia Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. College grads, listen up, my friends! At the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute, have a public policy fellowship program available for next fall. Talented Latino college grads have an awesome opportunity to come live and work in our nation's capital from August 2019 to May 2020. If you have earned a bachelor's degree within two years of the program start date, apply for this paid nine-month fellowship that has you working in a congressional office on Capitol Hill. Deadline to apply for this is January 15, 2019. For more information, visit chci.org. That's chci.org. And here's your weekly news update. Election Day is coming on Tuesday, November 6, and an estimated 29 million Latino voters are registered to vote, according to a new Pew Research Center analysis of Census Bureau data. Our community makes up 12.8% of the American electorate that's eligible to vote in this year's midterms, and Latinos can potentially swing races across the United States, according to a recent CBS report filed by Camilo Montoya-Galvez. He writes that all eyes will be on tight congressional matchups in South Florida and California's South Coast, where GOP seats are extremely vulnerable. And Latinos can make a difference in high-profile governor's races and U.S. Senate contests in Arizona, Florida, Nevada, New Mexico, and Texas. Election Day, to me, used to be a day that people associated with patriotic duty and civic responsibility. Unfortunately, today's elections are more like obstacle courses in some states that require various forms of ID only have limited polling stations and voters are under a constant threat of being thrown off voter rolls if you miss consecutive elections. But most troubling is the trend of voter intimidation. Like schoolyard bullies, people are going to try to scare you away from the polls, but you must cast that ballot. Be strong and don't be intimidated. Voter intimidation is prohibited under federal law, which states that no person shall intimidate, threaten, coerce any other person for the purpose of interfering with the right of that person to vote or to vote as he or she may choose. The American Civil Liberties Union says that one example of such intimidation is aggressively questioning a voter about his or her citizenship, criminal record, or qualifications to vote. Other examples include falsely presenting oneself as an elections official and spreading false information about voter requirements. If you experience this, you can contact state or federal officials and report this crime. Voters can call the Justice Department voting rights hotline at 1-800-253-3931. That's 1-800-253-3931. One of the very first Latinos I met when I first arrived in Washington D.C. back in 2011 was Raul Alviar, easily one of the most influential Latinos and gay men in the District of Columbia. Unlike other politicos who come to D.C. and keep a tight social circle, this New Mexico native welcomed me and made me feel like part of the D.C. family. We both served in the Obama administration. I worked at HHS, the Health and Human Services Department, while he worked at HUD. But his role grew and was able to work as an associate director in the White House, its Office of Public Engagement. Plus, he also filled in as interim LGBT liaison for the White House and managed the rollout of the Don't Ask, Don't Tell repeal. Yes, folks, we got a history maker on the podcast today. So let's welcome our friend Raul and learn about his journey. I want to welcome to the show Raul Alvial, a D.C. resident that's been around for what, 10 years?
1: 14 years. I can't yeah. 2004. Washington, yeah.
0: Washington, D.C. area. One of the first people I met when I got here that welcomed me into the city when I came up here to work for Obama. And he himself was an Obama appointee. And he is just the epitome of a mover and shaker, especially in the Latino and gay world. And he is everywhere. I, I, he was at the, in the had access to the White House, and now you see him on network news. And we'll get to that. But I want to know, Raul, mm-hmm. Where how did it all start? Tell me about growing up. In New Mexico?
1: <laughs> well, th- that's a very interesting question, uh, Jesse, because um, where I grew up, I grew up in a small town in New Mexico. Uh, we had, um, so small, as a matter of fact, we didn't have a street light. We didn't have a stop sign wow. either. eat. okay. Yeah. We had a church and a post office, so we were good. Um, Welcome and, to my world. <laughs> right. On paved
0: streets, I've, I've yeah. been there. Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> so, um, small town in New Mexico. Um, my family, we were, you know, um, working middle class. We had cows and goats and sheep and- uh, ducks and everything that you could think of um, and so I, I grew up uh, in, in basically in the country and so um, it, it was it was an interesting time uh, and, and it wasn't a time for or, or excuse me not it was someone like me was not supposed to come to Washington DC yep um, wasn't supposed to work in the White House wasn't supposed to be the national political director let alone not supposed to be on TV uh, you know <laughs> so it's just, it's kind of crazy uh, when you think about it
0: I say that I'm just amazed that I see on network news because a lot of uh, people that were in the Obama administration have moved on to other careers after the election didn't go the way for the Democrats. And I saw a lot of good friends leave the Washington, D.C. area, but you're still here Mm -hmm. and you are still working in a political sphere now as a talking head, a strategist for the Democratic Party. and. You're going into the lion's den, <laughs> Fox Business News Network, uh, Fox and Fox Friends, and, Friends yeah. and then CBS. Tell us about how you got into that role.
1: It's, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, well, but first I want to say, because, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. This is a second administration that I've been in Washington, D.C., uh, and stayed through uh, a Republican administration. The first one was much better, obviously, than this current one, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but we're, here we are. Um, so I, I like to joke and say with folks or two folks that if you can make it in Washington D.C. under Republican administration, you can make it anywhere. So exactly. and to to quote Frank Sinatra, <laughs> 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 throw in New York there. But um, so uh, to, to get back to your question, uh, how, how did it happen? Um, It happened because I think that, well, first of all, I have a a group of people that help me, um, and they're from guest bookers, uh, Tiffany Danicki, who's amazing and knows a lot of folks uh, within the uh, news broadcasting world, Uh, and she approached me and she said, hey, look, you know, you would be perfect for this, Uh, you know, you have the credentials, you have the former titles that we could use that that would uh, would be helpful and we plus we need more Democrats that are that need to be on TV but also Democrats that look like you Um, you know uh, being brown and and, and gay Uh, so it so happened that um, you know um, so they got me booked on Fox a couple of times and for Whatever reason, Fox liked me, and I like to joke as they say it's because I'm brown and gay uh, <laughs> and I don't have blonde hair, and, and so you
0: stand out and they're able to check boxes,
1: right? And that, well, that and I think they also like that. Um, I have the most Latino name in the world, but uh, I don't have an accent, so they like that too, which is kind of weird,
0: yeah. But you're you, like you said, you had all these titles and you had the experience, mm-hmm. a lot of people. When they come up here, they may have like one or two jobs under their belt. But you worked within the party, Mm -hmm. within um, the departments, and in the White House. Mm -hmm. I think that is just amazing. Both sides, right now we're in election year, are getting fired up for the coming election. What are the main issues that when you get on these talk shows... What are people talking about right now that are going to basically decide for Americans how they're going to vote for the people in the middle?
1: Right. Well, well, it, it, it's interesting. That's an interesting question, Jesse, um, because when I do go on, um, they don't tell me my topic until like three o'clock in the morning. Wow. Or... Um, you know, sometime really, really early. So, um, so uh, needless to say, I don't sleep very, very much that <laughs> night before I go on. So, um, because I, you know, want to get prepped, and want to, you know, think about uh, what's going on uh, and what's going on in the day. And I say that because um, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what they're going to want to talk about that at that hour. Because with this, you know, current Republican president tweeting every thirty seconds, uh, it could change. It could change. Exactly. It could change. Um, And so I do my best to keep current with, you know, just a number of different things, whether it's watching television, reading, uh, um, you know, articles or um, I'm on a list of a lot of different folks uh, for their talking points. And so what I do is I read what they're what they're kind of trying to frame uh, around the day. uh, And then I go from there and I make my own and I create and come up with my own thoughts. Now, that's how I deal with the, the, the broadcast television. Um, you asked me, so what are some of the issues that I think that are going to be um, issues that are going to affect the election? Look, I always say that, you know, the people and there's polls out there that say that people are really concerned about health care. And it's still the number one issue for folks. Um, people figured out that they were able to have Healthcare insurance and not worry about their health care insurance being taken away. But it's being threatened right now by this current Congress. It's
0: just amazing how people that were against Obamacare are now the biggest champions 100%. for keeping the pre-existing conditions 100%. in there. 100%. This is amazing. It's it's like great, yeah, it's backfiring. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: So, so, that, so, so there's that piece, and so I think healthcare, education, and I've always said to 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 folks, you know, we as Democrats need to get back to the basics and get back to where we were, and talk about the things that people care about, and that's. One, that they're going to be able to take care of their grandparents, uh, grand, uh, if God forbid they get sick, and be able to send their children to, to college and be able to have uh, a, a good working wage that's, you know, an honest pay for an honest day's work uh, and be able to go to Disneyland when they want to and not feel it in their pocketbook. So, you know, we need to start talking about those issues. And I think that Democrats are talking about those issues and they're talking about those issues as it pertains to their districts and what their districts look like and what their constituents will care about. And I keep saying that on TV, too, is that, you know, Democrats are running on issues that their their constituents care about. And if we continue to do that, I think we're going to do well here on November 6th.
0: When you work for the Democratic National Committee, mm-hmm. what role did you have and what advice do you have? For the people that are currently working there,
1: sure. Um, well, when I was at the DNC, uh, I was the national political director for the Democratic Party, the first uh, Latino national political director. All right uh, for paving the way. Right, well, yeah, well, I was surprised to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, I was like, "Are you sure?" I had the, I had them double check before, <laughs> <we, laughs> before, before we... before you put that on yeah, your file, right, bio. right, right, and before we you know put it out on the press release. But uh, it was very much true, um, and so it was it was. It was one of the most uh, rewarding jobs I've had. I mean, the White House obviously was takes cake, but but this was also uh, rewarding in a in a different way that I was able to do a lot more. Um, I was able to, you know, give my input, give my advice, uh, be able to help come up with some strategies uh, in, com- in, in compilation with the White House uh, because at the end of the day, the president's the leader of the party, right? Um, so. You know, with the White House, with, you know, members of Congress, with all local elected officials and so on and so forth. And so that was very, um, you know, very interesting because not only did we have to do the politics of whatever the, the, the issues were that we were trying to get past, whether it was TPP or whatever, um, you also had to get the party ready for an election. Um, Every two years, e- exactly. So you know, I had the the, the pleasure of dealing with those other four hundred and some candidates that wanted to that had declared they were running for president, but we're not <laughs> going to. Um, so there were some that were a little bit more aggressive, and um, you know, you you have, you have to explain to them that uh, you know you have to meet a certain threshold, um, and it's not the Democratic part Democratic Party that 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 has people support you that you, you have to go and su- get people to support you in order to get to a certain threshold um, so that was interesting to actually putting the construct together in terms of making it fair and even for anybody who wanted to do it uh, that met the threshold um, was, was was interesting and was fun uh, and then you also have to get ready for a convention uh, that you have to put on for all your delegates to come all over so and the other thing is you have to win races exactly right um, and and I'm a big believer of, you know, yes, everybody's about federal races and presidential races, but we got to care about those races down ballot.
0: Because how are you going to build a bench exactly. for those federal races if you don't have people winning at the local level at the 100%. at the courthouse, the state house, you got it to the White House? Um, for the people that are currently at the DNC, mm-hmm. what advice do you have for them? Because they're probably stressed out right now, right. <laughs> days before this election.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Now, I mean, now that gave me goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, all I say, and this is something that was ingrained uh, in me when I first started in politics back when I was a wee little gaeling. Um, uh, you know, you have to run every single day, like you're losing. Yeah. Because you don't want to get complacent, and you don't want to um, think that uh, uh, that that it's in the bag because you just don't know. You know. Uh, and 2016. The, exactly. Yeah. You know. I mean, do we need to say more? Yeah. Um. You know. So, uh. You know, to keep run every day like you're you're losing. I know you're tired. I know everybody's tired at this point. But, you're at the end. And if we are victorious, especially in this election, and I know how many times we hear, this is the most important election of our lifetime. This really is. Yeah.
0: Midterms are so important. I think yeah. it was. Uh, was it the 2010 mm-hmm. midterm that yep. basically took out the engine <laughs> yeah. of the car that Barack Obama was driving? He was only yep. had two good years to get stuff done, and it was a struggle after that. The, I mean, you really need to pay attention to these midterms because this is where, where the party base, the yep. people that go vote in every election tend to be the ones that are most politically active and really into their party politics mm-hmm. so you get the most partisan person in that in that election winning right because people stayed home right and this is the like like Obama said this is a very very mm-hmm. important election yeah I
1: mean do you do we I mean look at just look at what's happening in our country right now mm-hmm. um it, it's insane. Um, I, I never thought that I would think this or would ever say this in modern history or even in modern day. But, I mean, he's dismantling everything that we worked for as in an Obama administration. For the gay community, for the Latino community. Refugees. Refugees. Migrants. Anybody who is somebody that does not look like him or what he thinks this country should look like. And that's scary. It's very
0: scary. Going into that subject, being gay and Latino, mm-hmm. how has that shaped you? Mm-hmm. Has uh, your life? Did it make it harder? Did it empower you? Did it make you build a thicker skin? Mm-hmm. Tell us about that experience.
1: Yeah, um, that was an interesting question for me, um, and I'm glad you didn't ask. Uh, did it shape my political? Um, you know, views. Uh, of course it, it's going to uh, affect my thoughts and affect the way I do things um, because I want to do things that better our community, both Latino or well, any community of color or any community yeah. that's disenfranchised for that matter. Um, and can and, and there's no way that it can't, right? Um, I will say that I came out late in life. Um, so I said I don't know what else Gayling was maybe Gayling was about 24 years old <laughs> <It was laughs> when I came out first came out um, and I don't know I think it was it was more for me was knowing that um, you know you had to work hard for for what you wanted to get like I never was handed anything or you know everything was 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 you had to work for it and you had to work for it about ten times harder. Exactly. Um, and you had to prove yourself constantly, not only in the Latino community, but in the the in the in the gay community as well. Because when I grew up, I wanted you you're, you're you don't want to disappoint people. You don't want to disappoint your family. You don't want to disappoint your abuela. You don't want to, you know. So you always are trying to overcompensate. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and you're trying. Okay, well, if I just on TV, maybe then that'll make it more okay. Or they'll be proud of me, right? They'll be ashamed. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so
0: that's I'm saying that that's some of the stuff that I went through. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put that on you. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. but you're yeah. right. You just feel like if you do this great thing, mm-hmm. it'll, like you came
1: to DC, yeah, <laughs> you know, and you and you worked uh, for the administration, so. Yeah. But a hundred percent, right? And that's and so so yes, so of course it does. You know, um, but 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 I will also say, um, does it define me wholly and completely? Absolutely not. Um, there's other things uh, that do do that. Whether it's you know, life experiences, um, whether it was working at the White House or whether it was working, you know, uh, on a local race. Um, you know, each of those experiences add up to, as a collective. To be, you know, who you are as well as being gay and Latino as well.
0: I want to talk about the, one of those experiences. Yeah. You got to work as interim in a very special position mm-hmm. that no longer exists, unfortunately. Right. The White House liaison for the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that role, how historic it was, and what you got to do on a daily
1: basis. Great. Yeah, no, um, that was quite an honor. Um when they had asked me to to come and do to fill that position well um they were gonna f- fill that position for for the for the permanent person uh Gautam, who was coming in and i came in after brian bond who as everybody knows is a legend as well and, yeah you know, i met him yeah <laughs> so um so i was you know i was honored to 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 do that and i don't know if there was another latina that had been well rafi oh oh well afterwards I mean, oh afterwards i tell you yeah, oh, yeah. Um but yeah absolutely absolutely Rafa is amazing um and so um so it, it was amazing because you were able to interact with so many people um from you know the young kid who got thrown out of his house and was homeless, you know, trying to see how you help them through a program that HUD or HHS had for them and help them work through that piece or working with, you know, a number of these uh, national organizations, too many to mention individually, uh, that all do great work um, and and work with them to see how are we going to make sure that um, we don't have work discrimination in the federal government and then how does that go uh, and how does that go into the private sector? And how do we do that systematically? And how do we do it strategically?
0: So many LGBT civil rights wins took place in this tenure. Year, Fifty years from now, hundred mm-hmm. years from now, when they think about LGBT rights. Mm-hmm. They're going to be talking about the Obama administration, Absolutely. you got to be part of that.
1: Yeah. Whether Did you
0: like actually it. get to office in the in the White
1: House? So you can work on that White House, and so <laughs> um, you can work in the EEOB, which is the exec, Eisenhower Executive Office Building, yeah, of right league, next door. Right yeah. next door, which is still on the campus. But yeah, um, yeah so I mean, we, I, you know, we, I actually got briefed once in the Situation Room when they were about to roll out the actual "Don't Ask, Don't Tell," um, and by by Secretary Johnson on how that would look. And then I would, you know, how and and that was kind of crazy in itself. Yeah. Um, so you you spent a lot of you would spend a lot of time in there. But my office was not in there. I'd be lying to you if I told you yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Um, but I was in the EEOB, um, which is you not know magnificent a magnificent building in itself yes. with with a tremendous amount of history as well. So yeah. right down to the doorknobs as you yeah. know. Right? <laughs> um, but yeah. So but you know you were you were there whether it was when you were meeting with different folks um, or you you know had to brief the president um was also crazy um so yeah so when you because i was there when um he had to go over to the hrc dinner that year when i was when i was there so it was great uh, memories right yeah i had to pinch myself but i but 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 i had to pinch myself like outside across the street <laughs> so like, nobody saw me doing it so you wouldn't get too <laughs> emotional in front of right.
0: the, <laughs> the staff there what's coming up for you in the next coming weeks a lot of post-election. I mean, is your, gonna, your calendar getting booked? As we yeah, think?
1: it's crazy. I just got all my Fox uh, News days. I'm actually going on Fox on the 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then a couple, of, uh, and some other dates as well. Uh, and then, uh, so probably be doing a lot of that, you know, TV appearances analysis whatever they want to call me for that day um and then just um i've been doing a lot of fundraisers so i shouldn't say that because then people are going <laughs> to start calling. being on a host committee and whatnot, yeah so
0: but it keeps you busy working on good causes absolutely so if we want to look you up do you have mm-hmm. a website or uh, a place where we could say okay where can we follow him your twitter account so yeah. we'll know when you're coming up
1: yeah, yeah. So um, I have. So all you have to do is just uh, do Raúl M Alviar, okay. uh, and then that'll bring up my Instagram. That'll bring up my Facebook, uh, also my Twitter. Um, so I guess. I, yeah, I, so here's the other thing I just got on social media. Oh my about, god! About a year sure. and three months ago. So, so you're
0: working on it. Okay. So, so yeah.
1: So I do have a website, but it's not very cool. Um, actually, I was just t- texting with a friend in L.A., uh, Janelle, and she was telling me, um, she's like, I need you to, to spruce it up. So I'm like, okay.
0: Okay. Um, so, we'll be promoting it on the Jesse Garcia show. Well, oh, yeah. and that's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be putting it on the website and our Facebook. But yeah, let us know what your future dates are on that so we can start we'll following do. you. We'll do. And uh, just any words of advice for a gay Latino that just wants to get into policy, yeah. politics, or come to D.C. to make a change?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I well, you know, I, my, my motto is this. Uh, if you do well... I do well, so I want everybody to do well. Um, you know, because then, you know, you never know. Somebody might, you know works in the White House, and then somebody who works on the Hill, and somebody works, and that's how you do it. You start network networking. Um, and don't let anybody ever tell you no, or don't let anybody ever tell you you can't do it, because it, it, I did it, and I'm not supposed to, and I wasn't supposed to. You weren't supposed to. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's an amazing experience and it's and, 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 and anybody can do it and 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 they should um, and I, I, I offer myself in terms of you know if anybody needs any help or anybody needs any you know, Ideas or whatever, or, or you know, hey, you should talk to this person, or, or you know, I, my my pro- one of my problems that my mom says and one of my uh, all my friends say is that I don't know how to say no, so I say yeah. yes to everything. So. <laughs> so, but I've been I've been getting really really good at uh, better at it. But yeah, I mean, I you know, and we have to help each other. Yes, you know like you said earlier you know we you know
0: I shared with Raul before we started the interview that when I got here in 2011 it was just a very big world I had just come from Texas never left the state of Texas Mm -hmm. came here to work for Obama people were already set in their circles because they had been here for three four years and it was hard for me to make those friendships and to make those bonds. Luckily, the gay Latinos stuck together. <laughs> and they welcomed me when I found my tribe. And Raul uh, was one of those people that welcomed me into the city and treated me so nice. And yeah. I appreciate that. You practice what you just preached right now. Thank you, you. you do look out for others. And I appreciate you being on my show. Well,
1: you're, you're, you're smart and good looking and 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 and, uh, and really driven so it was, it was easy to to oh, to, thank you to, very much. to get somebody likewise
0: <laughs> well thank you so much
1: for thank you well thank you for having me on your show It was great it's been something I've been wanting to do thank you